Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Jack, cause he's got what all the rest lack. Everyone wants to back Jack. Jack is on the right track cause he's got. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and I'm here with my most frequent guest, Jeff. Say hi, Jeff. Hello, people. Y'all, I'm going to just tell you right now, I am annoyed. (laughs) We just did basically the whole podcast, and it wasn't recording, so... It was recording, but something happened, and we don't know what happened. Basically, it was going through Jeffrey's mic instead of mine, and so I sounded like I was in a room, six rooms over, trying to yell at y'all. And so, yeah, um, always make sure you're recording, but... Maybe I'll do better this time, because I will have already said everything, almost. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Anyway, first, I'm going to answer some questions that I received on my Instagram this week, and I actually got a lot of them, so I'll only be able to address a few of them. I picked out a couple, so hold on. Let me pull them up on my phone, and here we go. Okay, so for the first question, who do you think is the most underrated Kennedy? Jeffrey, go. I would have to say Joe Kennedy Jr. Okay. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of story there. Maybe you could do an episode on he fought and died for our country, which is the ultimate sacrifice. That's an excellent point. There you go. I could do an episode on that. That's a good idea. I like it. Good thought. Um, For me... I think the most underrated Kennedy is Caroline because since the moment that Jack died and JFK Jr. did the salute, he was kind of crowned the Prince of America and he was the one that everybody looked to, to uphold their legacy. I feel like, and he did a great job of that his entire life, but Caroline always has done a wonderful job of it too. She preserves her family's legacy very well in my opinion she takes great care of the library um she still is private yet makes sure that she releases things to the public that does need to be released and i I definitely think she's the most underrated kennedy caroline's great i would agree with that thank you i appreciate you okay let's go to another question and this one i will eventually do an episode about because it's actually a really good topic um it is. Do you think Jackie loved Aristotle? Yeah. What do you think? 
Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) This is completely opinion-based, no doubt. But in my opinion, I think they probably just really enjoyed one another's company. I think they got along well in the beginning and whatnot, but I think he was definitely a security thing. He liked her because she was the most desirable woman in America at the time. Probably one of them. And it was kind of competition-like to him to be able to get her. He also hated the Kennedys, hated Bobby. And so he really wanted to get Jackie for himself. There's no doubt about that. For her, he was security. When she made the statement that they were killing Kennedys after Bobby was assassinated, um, she needed to get her kids out and make sure they were safe. He had a private island, boo koodles of money, tons of security, everything that she would need to take care of her children and her for the present time, but also for their future. So, I mean, their entire relationship was honestly all business. He even sat down with Ted Kennedy and basically negotiated their marriage contract as far as money goes and stuff like that. So it was definitely business, but I do think at the beginning they probably did enjoy each other. Now that they love each other, I don't know. He always kind of still had a thing for his past, um, I don't know if it was a wife or a girlfriend or something. She was an opera singer. I don't know, but he had a really deep love for her that was very known. And his children hated Jackie too. So that was a huge thing. Ooh. And then if you get even more in depth into it, like, like he blamed Jackie for his son's death. I think he had a plane crash and he literally thought that she was cursed or something. And like like hated her after that so wow. which obviously she had nothing to do with oh, bless her heart I always feel bad about that anyway very interesting but in my opinion I don't know I think they liked each other fine I think that's about it <laughs> I definitely think she had more love with Jack I, do, I, I will say that um, and then the next one actually leads into our topic today and it says do you think JFK and Jackie were more affectionate behind the cameras And I'm going to say yes to that. She has said that they were more affectionate behind the camera. She said that, obviously, they wanted to not be all PDA in public, in the public eye. Wanted to maintain a very, you know, classy appearance. Um, But she has said that, yes, they were definitely more affectionate behind the cameras. So, with that, let's get into today's topic. It was actually a topic suggestion, and I was actually really excited to get it. It is the relationship dynamics between Jack and Jackie. Thank you, Katie Brubaker, for the topic suggestion. Um, This is a really interesting one for me. I love to watch documentaries and stuff on this anyway, so it was fun to get to deep dive into it again and kind of see, you know, just maybe put it all together and piece it together so that I could talk to you guys about it. So here we go. You ready, Jeff? More than ready. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so they met in 1952 at a dinner party. She was working for the Washington Times Herald, and he was a congressman of Massachusetts. She was very young. They got, I don't know how, I guess, because they were, she was 24 when they got married, so I guess she was 22 because they dated for two years. So they hit it off really quickly. She was very young. Um, He was such a playboy, always was, and... 
his dad was really pressuring him to settle down and to find a wife and start making a family because he was 36 when they got married. So I guess that made him 34 when they met. And, um, yeah, he was getting on up there. It was time for him to settle down so that he could possibly be president one day because it didn't look too good for him to be running around like crazy. So his dad was definitely pressuring him. So they both hit it off. Both very well educated, very wealthy, came from kind of similar backgrounds, um, prep school kind of kids. They uh, just made sense, honestly. They liked each other a lot. He kept kind of being a playboy a little bit with her, so it took two years for him to actually, you know, propose to her, which that's, how, that's kind of a long time, especially back then. Um, finally, it happened, though, and they got married. The whole story of the wedding is just crazy to me because if you watch footage of it or you look at the pictures or anything, it looks so storybook, like something out of a freaking fairy tale. But it was the exact opposite, especially for Jackie. Her dad's supposed to walk her down the aisle. He gets too drunk in his hotel, never even shows up to the ceremony. She hated her dress that Joe Kennedy picked because she said she looked like a lampshade. It was not her style whatsoever. And really, honestly, I don't think it was her style. If you see it compared to other... She was kind of a minimalistic dresser in my opinion she always looked really clean and Chris not saying her dress wasn't beautiful but it was it was it was a lot it was a lot there was a lot there so um there was over 1200 guests which she did not want at all she and Jack both wanted to be close family and friends and Joe Kennedy invited the entire country and so they weren't really into that um it was basically this political stunt of Joseph P. Kennedy's dreams it was exactly what he wanted and it worked because it, it looks like a dream still to this day. Um, early on in their marriage, Jack was gone a lot. She said that she was very lonely. Um, he, she never saw him. He was cheating all the time. He even is said to have cheated on their honeymoon, which that's just atrocious. That's not good. No. I mean, it's too it's, soon. Oh, oh, no. Well, any time is too soon. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> any time is too soon, but that's way too soon. Yeah. <laughs> you have a point, but wow. <laughs> he has a way with words, people. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, yeah, he was, he was just off, like, their whole early marriage, specifically. Um, it got so bad, and he was running around on her and embarrassing her so bad that she tried to leave him in uh, 56. And she was ready. She was ready for that divorce. She didn't want to be with him anymore. And both of their families actually got together and sat down and made a deal that basically he could still cheat on her, but it, he couldn't embarrass her. He couldn't humiliate her. Can you believe that? Like, her parents sat down. Well, I guess it would have been her mother and her stepfather. Sat down. And then his parents sat down. They were like, no, no, no. You're going to stay in this marriage. And this is going to happen because he needs to become president. So I'm going to need you to be okay with this. And then uh, you just don't do it out in the public. Okay? Like, that's terrible. I that felt, is horrendous. I actually felt so bad for her when I read about that. Like, God, that's just awful. It's very interesting, too, to look back at past interviews and things um, with her. I feel like there was such a transition in her. Not that she ever became less private but she definitely came into her own and let her personality show more in an interview setting um there is an interview that i'm actually going to insert some audio clips that i thought were really neat in um this podcast and the first one i'm going to do was an interview with them in 53 she was they were very newly married it was kind of like a tour of their new house and whatnot um very awkward video actually <laughs> but um 
she gets asked a question and he cuts her off in the middle of her answer. Almost like he was like worried about what she was going to say. And she just sat back and took it. Like didn't obviously would have argued on the camera or anything. And uh, you used to be a reporter, didn't you? Yes, I did. And uh, you first met the senator when you interviewed him? Well, I met, I interviewed him shortly after I met him. Well, now, which requires the most diplomacy, to interview senators or to be married to one? Well, not Being married to one, I guess. <laughs> it was interesting, um, especially to compare that with another video that I'm also going to insert the audio clip. And she she kind of banters back and forth with the with the press in this one. This was um, in 1960 after his nomination. Either before his nomination or after, but in the campaigning process. And she is much more bubbly and funny and she's charming and as she was. And she uh, kind of jokes about how she doesn't want them to invade her privacy at all. Is your baby due before inauguration day? Uh, when's inauguration day? <laughs> The subject conversation between you and the senator when he called for well, the first words. Hello, isn't it wonderful? Do you think so? Yes. Nothing that made very much sense. Just happy people. I understand that at one time you uh, were a roving photographer in Washington. Is that right? That's right. Do you uh, do you uh, does all of this bother you at all? I'd rather be on that end of it than this. I think. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a big transition, um, just in a few years for her, for sure. I mean, but that also could have just been maturity, her growing up. I mean, she was so young when they got married, and then by the time, I mean, she was still very young, but by the time that she was first lady, well, she, I think she was 31. So, yeah, she was 31, and he was 43, actually, I have it written down here. So, you know, that was a lot. Of, there's a lot of growing up years there, too, that could have made her come into her own, but... Joseph P. Kennedy always knew that she was an asset for him regardless. Jack's team, actually, during campaigning and stuff, didn't like her, though. They thought that no one would relate to her. I mean, think about how classy and, like, how expensive her clothing was and how she carried herself. She was obviously, you know, very well-trained. And in all that, she's obviously not going to necessarily resonate with a lot of people, especially in the South. And so they were really afraid of that, um, that she would not be, that she would take him down, basically. It was the exact opposite. Um, I heard somebody saying that they were campaigning in West Virginia or something, and she kicked her shoes off at one point in the middle of him talking because they were hurting. And like, that resonated with those women. Like, oh, okay, so she actually can let loose a little bit and be a normal human being. So she ended up being an incredible asset for him. And um, obviously he got, he won the presidency. So anyway, they get into the White House. Um, She was not excited about Secret Service. She was really worried that they were going to basically put her in a fishbowl, that she'd have zero privacy. Um, Her kids, she was afraid they weren't going to have... any semblance of a normal life, which they honestly didn't. And she was, she kind of knew that, but she did her best. Jack was obviously busy, but she said that when he became president, they actually spent more family time than ever, that he was actually able to break and be with his kids for lunch or just to hang out or whatever. Um, she had an hour a day with him of just one-on-one time that was good for them. And they still always got along for sure. But he obviously was continuing to cheat, and she wasn't stupid. She knew that. I mean, it's not like there was... But she she knew it. And honestly, I've heard before, too, that she also cheated some, especially trying to, like, make him jealous. And it did, which, I mean, how can he even... 
have anything to say about that, but whatever. But, I mean, both are wrong, but you know what I'm saying. It's just crazy. But they definitely still, I feel, I feel like they had more of a friendship than a marriage, for sure, because they did really respect each other in some ways. There's no doubt about that. Um, interesting little tidbit about JFK, though. You want to hear that? it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I heard that, I think it was on the audio tapes that Jackie recorded, but I heard that he would go upstairs every day and take a 30-minute nap, and he would get completely undressed out of his suit, put on pajamas, lay down, get back up, put on his suit again, and go back to work every single day of his life. That sounds luxurious. Yeah, but it sounds crazy. Like, how much... You're cutting so much into your nap time by you taking the time to change out of your suit. Just lay down if it's just 30 minutes. That's true. That's a good several minutes of I mean, dressing and undressing. He had people working with him. He, they could have steamed up the back of his suit and smoothed out any wrinkles, and he could have kept yeah, going. take off the jacket. Lay yeah, down. yeah, yeah. There you go. I just think that's so funny to me. And if you have not listened to the Jacqueline Kennedy tapes... You have to, guys. I'm telling you. And you have to do it on Audible. Don't read the book. You have to listen to the tapes of her talking all about their relationship and stuff because it really is a deep dive more than I could ever begin to cover with this podcast about the dynamics of their relationship and how much she respected and loved him. And there's this one moment specifically that kind of... It's hard to know their chemistry and things in the 1960s like the early years, because obviously they controlled what they showed the media completely. And it's, it's not like today where relationships were completely transparent by any means, but she does say, and we've all probably seen the photo. Uh, it was right after his inaugural address in 1960. And she, there's this photo where they thought they were in private, but she put her hand up under his chin and kind of just like congratulated him. And his eyes filled with tears. And she talks about it as just being a beautiful moment between their relationship. So it's kind of like seeing, hearing about moments like that. Clearly they did love each other, but there was so much conflict within their marriage at the same time. It wasn't the healthiest of marriages. uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Understatement. Um, I got to highlight, even though I can't stand to talk about this, but I kind of have to highlight it, uh, highlight on it because it was a moment that she was like done, like so over it. The moment that Marilyn Monroe sang happy birthday, she purposefully did not go to that event because she knew it was going to happen and she refused to be humiliated going back to the conversation, uh, with the families, but she was anyway, it was horribly embarrassing, um, for her. And at the time, Marilyn was kind of chasing after Jack so much. She even there, I can't remember the exact conversation that happened, but but it's fascinating. So look it up if you haven't, um, read like the transcripts, basically what was said, but Marilyn Rowe even called the white house and asked to speak to Jackie and said to her, Hey, I'm basically, I'm Jack's mine. I'm going to marry him. And that's, what's going to happen. Like told her everything. And Jackie, apparently very just classy and put together said, okay, that's fine. You can have him. You can come up in here and you can do all the, all that I do. That That's fine. If, if y'all decide to do that and hung up. Wow. Yeah. Put her right in her place because she knew, I mean, plus she also knew that Jack would never leave her. I mean, at the end of the day, even though he was clearly addicted to sex and philandering and all the things, she knew that he would never leave. She was too, he even said she was too good for him. Like, he knew it. So, yeah, the fact that she said that to her, just like, mic drop, honestly. 
So they had a very rocky road um, early in the presidency. But when she got pregnant with Patrick and lost him, which I guess would have been... Was that 63 or was it 62? Someone's yelling at me right now through the thing a bit. Probably. I think she lost him in 63. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm going to go with that. One or the other. Anyway, um, people have said that that was the best time in their marriage after they lost him because it was horribly tragic and it hurt both of them so badly that they connected together more than ever before. Even though they had lost children previously and um, Jack was horrible about it. There, there was one time, I can't remember... I know she lost a few. Um, it might have been the baby girl. I'm not sure. But uh, lost one, and Bobby was actually there for her. And Jack was on a cruise with some mistress and didn't even come home. He was like, Jackie's Shoot. fine. Yeah, he was like, Jackie's fine. She'll, she'll be fine. Like, there's nothing I can do about it. That's what he said. Can you believe that? Anyway, I do like JFK, don't get me wrong. But sometimes, some things like that, it's just like, come on, bro. So... <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, after Patrick's death, they did really come together, and those were some of their best moments. And Jackie has said that the White House years were their best years together as well, because they were finally able to spend that quality time with one another. They vacate or every every weekend. They were in Hyannisport, basically. They vacationed together. So yes, despite everything and all the things that happened in their relationship. They did, in my mind and my heart, <laughs> I believe they truly did love each other, regardless of everything. I think that they just were had a very broken marriage. And um, yeah, if you haven't listened to those tapes, because I'm telling you, it will deep dive into their relationship dynamic. And there's no, like I said, no way for me to cover everything. But these are all my opinions and everything that I've read. Yeah, that's about all I got. You got anything to say, Jeff? I learned a lot. I learned a lot today. Did you? I did. I hope y'all did too. I don't know. This is exciting for me to do, guys. For me to be able to finally spew to people that actually want to hear it. (laughs) All these facts that I've held in my mind for the last, gosh, eight years, nine years, something like that. It's exciting. So thank you guys for listening to me. It really does mean a lot. I have gotten so many kind comments and things like suggestions and it's just great. And if you guys don't mind, if you would go rate and review my podcast, that would mean so much to me. I've already seen that I've gotten a few ratings and it is so great, but it really helps me out. Um, especially for searchability and things. If you will go rate and review, if you like it, if you don't like it, please don't (laughs) rate or review. (laughs) We don't want your opinions. (laughs) If you don't like it, just unsubscribe or just don't listen, but please don't leave a mean review. But anyway, guys, I truly, 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 truly appreciate all of you. It has been so exciting to watch everything grow the way that it has. My Instagram's growing so much and yeah, I guess I'm done spewing my appreciation. Uh, next week, I have a very special guest coming on. It is Ryan Pryor, who was on my last podcast. It's his wife, Caroline. She is brilliant and lovely and just so smart. I can't wait to learn so much from her. We're going to deep dive into Bobby Kennedy, just all things about him. Um, We all love him, and obviously it'll be fun for me to learn more from her because she really loves him too. So I'm excited for that, and I hope you guys will listen. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe, and I will talk to you next week. One more thing, guys. I just want you guys to know that this podcast and everyone after will be dedicated to my granddad. We unfortunately lost him this week, and 
It's a really difficult loss in my life. He was the best, most brilliant, most caring and compassionate man in the entire world. And we shared a love for the Kennedys. We would sit and talk about them for hours. I even was supposed to have him on my podcast. I even have notes and everything of uh, questions I was going to ask him. And just two weeks ago, he told me that he was excited to be on it. And unfortunately, that cannot happen. Um, He will be sorely missed by everyone that's ever known him. And I love you forever, granddaddy. This is for you. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.